0: We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucket Cafe. Glad you could have a seat and something to drink. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. I have lots of news to get to, so let's get right to it. This week, we have a guest, and every once in a while, when he can make it, we'll be having a special guest with me. Lee, how are you doing tonight? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. He's going to be helping me with the podcast and be my sidekick, Uh, so we'll see how this is going to go and how the audience turnout will be on this. So let's get right to it, Lee, Um, and first article in this week is shots were fired at a semi-truck driver during Christmas Day road rage incident. A Chicago police are searching for a suspect who opened fire on a semi-truck driver during an early morning road rage incident. The road rage incident was reported on the Dan Ryan Expressway around 2 a.m. on Christmas Day. Police say that the incident began when a light blue Chevy SUV attempted to merge onto the northbound Dan Ryan Expressway from 95th Street. The truck driver says that the SUV driver opened fire on his truck. One of the bullets went through the truck's windshield and lodged in the sun visor. Luckily, nobody was hurt. The incident remains under investigation, and police don't have a description of the shooter at this time. Chicago police say that this brings the total number of shootings on the Dan Ryan Expressway to 11 so far this year. Now, there again, that was December 2018. The Dan Ryan Expressway has been the scene of several truck driver shootings in recent years, notably in May of 2016 when a 68-year-old semi-truck driver was shot in the face while traveling on the Dan Ryan, leaving him in critical condition. Winter storm shuts down hundreds of miles of Midwest highways. The transportation officials in the Midwest have been forced to shut down major interstates as severe weather, winter weather is causing whiteout conditions and crashes. As of 10 a.m. on Thursday, December 27th, the Nebraska State Patrol announced that Iowa 80 is shut down in both directions for nearly 60 miles, between exit 179 and North Platte and 237 in Lexington. To travel that road plenty. How about you, Lee? Uh, you traveled along Iowa 80 in Nebraska? And not no more, not no more. I give it up. I'm running dedicated to camp and so, I got too old to do
1: that stuff. So anyway, <laughs> but you talking about that driver that got tried at, you know, they had a deal I believe it was around Dallas, a UPS or a truck like that got, got shot killed. killed yep. going down the road. I mean, that, that's something that's been going on since the late back 70s when we had that last good strike back in the 70s. Everybody was going home, and they would put a deal on the side of the truck going home. And uh, I come in from Salt Lake City, got back home, and, and my son found two bullet holes in the back end of my truck.
0: Hol- I don't even know what happened. Holy cow. No. Uh, well, right. uh, go on. on this... Not Turkish, <laughs> on, back to this story, on Highway 30 has also been shut down in that area. Nebraska troopers are reporting multiple crashes on Iowa 80 as a result of the winter weather conditions. They were saying that it was severe wind and severe uh, whiteout conditions. It isn't clear at, at that time of this report when Iowa 80 will be reopened. But um, around 10 a.m. on December 27th, the Kansas Department of Transportation announced both directions of Iowa 70 were shut down from 112 miles of Waukenny and Colby for blizzard conditions. I was in all that mess, but luckily I was safe and didn't have to worry about being shut down. And then it wasn't clear about when I-70 was going to reopen then either. There was a list of uh, different highways that were road closed in Kansas as well. These articles, as always, will be in the show notes uh, on our website. And the next story is ice-covered roadway blamed for five truck pileup in New Hampshire. The police are reporting that several truck tractor trailers were involved in a pileup crash on a slick roadway this morning. Can we say, let's go a little faster, Holly?
1: Exactly. Slow down, people. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Been driving over 34 years, drove in high snow, everything else you can think of, and never had an accident. Didn't <laughs> lose my head, get my food, yep. think about what I'm doing. Yep. You got all these people out here coming out, new people, which they don't know because they've never done it. Right. But
0: you ever thought about slowing
1: down? Yep. You no, know, come on. You know, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. So, you know, it's just. Some some people need to learn. Some people never will learn.
0: Right. So
1: I'm coming. I'm coming back out of up here in Oklahoma City where they had quite a lot of bit of ice and stuff Thursday, and right down the middle of forty, there's cars all in the middle. Right. And I'm just thinking, am I slowing down? You know, <laughs> you know that that never occurs to some people. So anyway, but big trucks like that, more than likely, it wouldn't surprise me. Before winter, it caused the whole thing, one
0: way or other. Right. Well, this crash—it crash—it says here happened at 7 a.m. on Friday, December 28th, on I-89 in Concord, New Hampshire. Snow and ice were reported on the road at the time of the crash. Authorities say that four tractor trailers, a box truck, and three passenger vehicles—you know how they never say their cars all collided in the northbound lanes of Iowa 89 near Exit 3. Two of the vehicles were reportedly leaking fuel after the crash. No serious injuries were reported, thanks goodness. The cause of the crash is still, of course, being under investigation, but New Hampshire State Police say that weather contributed to the collision. A storm front consisting of snow and freezing rain had moved through the area, causing the roadway to be cover- become covered in ice making driving treacherous and the ice-covered roadway contributed to the cause of the collisions. Troopers say that no enforcement action has been taken against any of the drivers involved in the crash at this time. The crash did shut down all lanes of northbound I-89 for hours but the interstate had partially reopened as of uh, 9.30 a couple hours later. Now, here we, here's a good one for you, Lee. Half a million dollars worth of tequila was stolen from a Florida truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you hearing
1: next? You know, I don't mean you've been out here and I've been out here, and it's like nothing
0: surprises
1: us anymore <laughs> on what you're going to hear, you know? <laughs>
0: On that piece of chocolate, okay? think- well, we didn't get to that story yet. We didn't. We didn't get. We didn't get to that story yet. Hang on a minute. I know it. I'm still. I'm still playing with that in my head. Well, hang on a minute. We'll get there. The, uh, with, let, let's talk about the tequila first. The, the, then he could wash it down. Wash that choked down piece of chocolate with tequila. The driver stopped for dinner when he returned to his truck. He saw that his trailer and its load of 1,000 cases of Patron were gone. Florida police say that they have arrested four men on charges related to the theft of nearly 1,000 cases of tequila from the truck stop. Do you think it might have been an inside job? Police say that the major tequila heist took place on Sunday, December 30th at the Tampa truck stop off of Highway 301 in Tampa when a truck driver hauling 966 cases of Patron tequila stopped off for dinner. Around 11 o'clock that night, the truck driver realized that his trailer and all of the tequila were missing. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office started searching for the trailer around 1230 in the morning. Okay, three hours later, really? tracked it down to the intersection of Ikesmith Road and McIntosh Road where they observed four men loading boxes of tequila from the trailer into a box truck. By that time the police arrived, the men had all only offloaded about 20 of the nearly 1,000 cases of, or of tequila. Um, all four men are facing charges of grand theft of over $100,000 or more and burglary. The estimated retail value of the tequila, $507,105. And, of course, again, this incident is still under investigation.
1: Well, it sounds like made main idea. You just think about what you said. You said it took them three hours to start searching. Yep. So it sounds like the guy who was stealing it was sampling the stuff before they decided to stop unloading. What do you
0: think? <laughs> I don't know about all that. I only read the news. I'm only a messenger. I don't know. I, I can't really <laughs> speculate at all that. So after the Patron washed down here, we talk about this choking on chocolate incident. Police say a truck driver passed out behind the wheel after choking on chocolate. Indiana State Police say that a piece of candy was to blame for a serious crash that stalled traffic on both directions of I-65. This crash happened around 10.30 on Wednesday, January 2nd in what county? Tippecanoe County, according to the Indiana State Police. Troopers say that a 50-year-old North Carolina-based truck driver, Robert E. Tate, was traveling northbound on I-65 when, at near mile marker 174, he began to choke on a piece of chocolate he was eating and passed out. Tate's truck cratch- crashes excuse me, off the left side of I-65 into a metal barrier, which I would think is a guardrail, and finally came to a stop after hitting the concrete barrier on the southbound lanes of I-65. A southbound passenger vehicle was damaged by the debris from the crash, but again, no serious injuries were reported. Tate was taken to the hospital for treat- treatment of breathing problems. And the incident caused serious traffic slowdowns in both directions of I-65 while crews worked to remove the crashed semi-truck. Now, I will say, Lee, that, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know what it is about chocolate, but when I eat chocolate, it gets me into a coffin fit. So you know, just swallowing wrong, or if it if it starts the the um, phlegm acting up more. I don't want to be disgusting or anything, but it really starts getting me into a coughing fit. And I suppose you don't eat sweets, do you? Okay,
1: here's the word for you: slow <laughs> down. Okay, that is it. Slow down. All right, I- I don't eat
0: chocolate fast. I don't eat chocolate fast, so I don't have to slow down. Oh, oh, here, here's a good one. Here's a good story for you. Here's a good story. For you. You'd love this one. A road rager risks his life to challenge a fully loaded cattle truck, not once, but twice. A, su- a semi-truck driver dash cam video features a road rage confrontation with a motorist that could have easily ended in serious injury or worse. This video was captured by truck driver Sean Reamer on December 28th in Roblin, Manitoba, Canada, as he turned onto Highway 83 with a fully loaded trailer of cattle. In the video, you could see a small car speed in front of the semi truck to cut it off, forcing Reamer to maneuver into the other lane to avoid a crash. Oh, but the car driver wasn't done. Moments after the first serious brake check, the car driver zoomed ahead of the truck and once again came to a stop on the highway, but this time he got out of his car to gesture at the truck. Raymer was forced to take evasive action to avoid the road rager. He said, I had the choice of either flipping my truck over or hitting him, and I would sooner roll my truck over than hit someone else. Luckily, no one was hurt. He turned over the dash cam video to police who are investigating the innocent. It. And then the video will be in the article that I'll have in the show notes on the website. So how do you... Go ahead.
1: Uh, let, let me tell you. Back
0: at one point in
1: the... I think it was around the early 80s, all up Illinois, all up that part of country, that was going on, but it was basically cars... Threatening trucks, right? And what they would do is, if a truck got a little bit too close to a car, they would call the police on us, and they, they're like, "We're endangering them," and they was actually targeting us. Right? That went on for quite a while up in that part of the country. But you know, a lot of these cars believe that they own the highway, which there are some truckers think that they own the highway. Right. But, I mean, it's just. It's just bad. It's just, it's just bad. It, it, it's like there's no respect out here for anything anymore at all. And that's really bad. Because, you know, back in the days, long as you've been driving, we had a little bond between us trucks. We tried to look out for each other. We tried to help each other and make sure each other was all right, you know, and stuff like that. That bond is totally gone. Plus the four wheelers think that, you know, that truck you just get out of my way. Well, you know, I I don't know. It's just the roadways are just a bad deal anymore here. That's all there is. To it. Right. And I don't know. And I blame a lot of that on law enforcement. Why ain't they doing something to some of these idiots on the road, you know? So. Yeah, they're
0: real they're real quick to pull us truck drivers over, but to pull a car over for a road rage incident or something? Oh no. You know, because they're, they're all worried about all these uh, activi- activist groups and all this kind of stuff, putting all this anti-collision shit in trucks because, you know, some car got hit or something like that. They're always blaming truck drivers for not, uh, not paying attention and everything. How many cars start the accidents, you know? That's the biggest thing that, that I'm seeing. i need
1: give you a prime example. There's a little road construction there for about eight months. That I used to go through twice a day. Okay? Now, the speed limit was 55 mile an hour. So, I'm going 55. And I swear, everybody in the front passed me in cars running 70 or 75. Right. And I watched this place regardless, and I'll tell you why. You let a big truck go in there running 60, they would stop the big truck. But they wouldn't stop the cars running 70. Right. Right. I mean, really, why is that? Exactly. Because bigger ticket, you're gonna do more damage with the truck than you are the car. You know, so I don't know why they do what they do like that. I I just don't understand. Like it's like everybody's against us sometimes. You kind of feel that way. You know, I do. But right, it's, it's it's gonna be what it is. You know, it's gonna be what it is. So it's just. The way the whole trucky deal has turned into over the last 30-plus years is hard to even recognize it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. There'll be a lot of people out there would say, hey, that guy's right. So yep. the kids in there think, I'm going to get mad and have a heart attack. No, I'm going to get mad and have a heart attack at a fuel stop waiting highlight behind somebody in there taking a 30-minute break in front of me. And I can't get up there and get my fuel and go about my way. That's what I'm going <laughs> to have So auto. I don't know that. So, but there's just nobody cares anymore. Right. You know, and you still have some of us older drivers out here that try to say, hey, look, you know, let's, let's try to, you know, care. For example, I'm going down the road the other day I'm on, and this truck's coming up. I want to get on 40 on the own. And here's this other truck. I don't remember the company name, but he wasn't a fast truck. He was governor down, you know. The guy got over to let this guy come on the ramp. What is the guy that come on the ramp do?
0: outrun it. Yep. Yep. Happens like that all the time. Or if a car is going slow in front of me, I get out in the left lane because of this anti-collision shit that I have on my truck, you know. So I get out in the left lane, and then and then it's like they all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. They suddenly wake up and go, "Oh crap!" You know, I'm doing yeah, 60 yeah. mile an hour, and then they speed up, and I'm like, "Really? Really?" Yeah. Really.
1: It's it, 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 I just I just don't understand that. I mean. If a person, that, that's part of the respect that I was talking about. You know it, as well as a lot of other people out there know it. Hey, you know, big deal. I mean, let the guy pass you. Then run a hundred mile out and you won't go. Who cares, you know? Right. At least, you know, you might see that guy again, because if you're driving a King Peterbilt with, Orange tracks on it. You sitting somewhere trying to get out sometimes, and this guy pulled up there that you outrun. He said, "Wait a minute, I have seen that truck before." Just said, "Sir, I take my time." You know, what goes around
0: comes. Yep, karma's a karma's a real uh, bitch. You know So, in the next (laughs) article, so the next article is thousands of truckers plan a nationwide shutdown. You're gonna love this one in 2019. The truckers are asking for hours of service and ELD regulation reform, as well as more input on new FMCSA regulations moving forward. An online trucking group with more than 4,000 members is plotting a single-day driver shutdown in order to raise awareness about various trucking regulations and policy concerns. The face group, Black Smoke Matters, say that they are organizing the one-day driver shutdown on April 12th. 12, 2019, group organizers are encouraging truck drivers across the nation to take the day off as part of the protest activities. The group's website outlines the changes that they are protesting in order to see, which include hours of service reform, updated truck driver training and safety standards, a change to ELD regulations so they are only required for companies with more than 10 trucks or trucking companies that have a poor safety rating, standardization of inspections on FMCSA regulation enforcement and more involvement from truck drivers in the creation of new FMCSA trucking regulations in 2018 or October of 2018 excuse me black smoke matters members participated in a major demonstration activities at the national mall that's the same group that this happened in October in Washington, D.C., and some group members even helped to shut down a portion of Southbound I-95. Those are the same guys that were on Facebook flipping everybody off, too, in order to protest the overregulation of the trucking industry by the government. So, yeah, a one-day protest. Do you think that's going to do anything?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I don't either. Because, I- I'll tell you why. Because, you know, like I was talking about 30 years ago, everybody would have said that. Yep. There wouldn't have been no question. Everybody would've shut out. But the the regulations crap that they keep putting more and more on the drivers and stuff like that. What about these shippers and receivers? Why can't you put something on there? Now how many times have you spent ten hours waiting to get unloaded or get loaded? Right. Now why can't they do something about that?
0: Exactly. Now,
1: you see, I think they need to point it more towards what some of the problems oh. There is trucking companies, honest to God, going out of business because of the delay and the load and unload and the delay before they get their money. Right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, that's one reason I got out of it. I mean, I been a produce houses for 10 hours and have to pay a lump of 300 bucks to unload my truck. you know. I mean, all that is ridiculous. So they need to regulate them people. They got us regulated. Let's regulate them, too. Right. And they like, okay, when yeah. we have appointment time, they got two hours to do whatever they're going to do, or they ain't going to do it. That's all there is to it. I mean, that's the way it should be. Used to. I had a contract. I was in Napoleon, Ohio, going up there to pick the load up. I brought from Napoleon, Ohio, all the way back to Texas. I brought
0: one turkey. No, one, one turkey. One, one frozen
1: turkey. And why were you hauling
0: one frozen turkey, Lee? I took it in
1: to Campbell Soup and Paris Texas. Brought it from Napoleon, Ohio. They didn't have the load. They said, shut the doors on the trailer, put what they got, right. Wow. But the people got charged. The same amount of money right but that's what it was about it's about contracts having your stuff done you know but i make it i thought it i tried to get a little put it in the truck while well, i wouldn't have to run the reefer but they wouldn't do it so anyway <laughs> have you ever tried to lock low with one turkey <laughs> but anyway,
0: usually, you know, hey, from what I understand, it's usually the turkey is the one driving the truck, not the one in the reefer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I said,
1: hey, I throw that thing back there under the sleeper or you know, let me roll with it but, anyway, but a lot of the problems is the shippers in the sleepers. I mean, a lot of them look at it like, well, there's so many trucks out here, we can just get whoever. Well, if all that's to get regulated, that would have to drive. The big play, of you know the detention. That's going to help drivers unbelievably. You know what I mean? I mean, you're rolling, right? Making money. you
0: not Well, we're out here to make money. money. We don't get no. We don't get paid, especially older operators. We don't get paid for sitting. We don't get paid for sitting. Uh, you know, and we could go on and on. But anyway, this episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest contacting Julia's virtual assistant service to find out how they can help you in your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Are you an owner operator and have receipts that you have to turn into your accountant? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. From basic website design, social media marketing, bookkeeping to transcription, Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V is at Victor, A is at Apple, service.com. Julia'svaservice.com for all of your. All right. Now you were talking about um, availability and a lot of things that there's a study out. And we'll continue with what you're talking about with the grocery warehouses. There's a new study out where their truck drivers really hate delivering to. It found that an increasing number of truck drivers are so frustrated with working with grocery retailers, especially since the ELDs came out and the mandate went into effect, that they are simply refusing to pick up or drop off from their locations. The study, which recently conducted, get this, by Zipline Logistics, looked at how trucking has changed since the ELD mandate went into effect in December. This has always been the case. It isn't just the ELDs, because like Werner, thank God to Mr. Werner back in 2000 that started all this mess, uh... We've always had a problem with the doggone grocery re, uh, uh, warehouses, like we talked about there. This isn't nothing new. Zipline surveyed workers from approximately 150 trucking companies found that 77% of carriers say that they have become much more selective about what shippers and carriers they are willing to work with since the ELD mandate went into effect. We are, When asked, are there any shippers or receivers you refuse to go to, of the truckers responded yes. I didn't never saw this survey. When asked to comment on what type of shippers and receivers that they prefer not to work with, many truckers specifically named grocery locations as the places they hate the most to do. "...due to detention. Most grocery warehouses due to abuse of wait time and any shipper that continuously abuses wait time," wrote one survey respondent. Some of these survey respondents even called out grocery shippers by name, such as Walmart, Kroger, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Super Value, Dollar General, and Aldi's. They take longer to load and unload, get drivers into trouble, screw up the planning, and the rest of the driver's week." Touche, Owning's Corning takes forever to load, Kraft is insane, Piggly Wiggly takes forever, remarked another Meyer, Kroger used to be Walmart, but they have improved, Kraft is dependent on the load, said another survey respondent Zipline concluded that if drivers are unwilling to go to grocery locations because of the long wait times And the added pressure of the ELD mandate, it is up to shippers to make changes to accommodate them more than ninety percent of Zipline customers deliver into retail and grocery f- facilities. Therefore, carriers surveyed are representative of this demographic. A slight select excuse me, a select population of drivers are unwilling to go to locations like Kroger, CNS wholesale, and Unify because of the de- debilitating wait times. If this issue is to be solved, shippers and retailers will need to improve the speed of their operations and better cater to the needs of truck drivers. There you go. That goes back
1: to what I was talking about. Exactly. Regulate the shippers and receivers. Right. But, okay, you you look at this. We're the middle people. Right. In this whole process, the shippers and receivers and the trucking companies is the one that makes the money, okay? That's where the big money is right there. We're the middle people that actually do it for them where they can make the money, but you got a truck sitting at one of them places you named, okay? Yep. The truck sitting there. Maybe he's running. Maybe he's not anymore. You can't hardly run the truck anywhere. But the driver sits there 10, 15 hours, and they're not paying him. So what is the trucking company worried about?
0: Right, right.
1: Nothing. Nothing at all.
0: Yep.
1: Unless they got this other hot load that they're ready to load you up and go. That's why I'm saying they need to regulate the shippers and receivers. They need to set some guidelines for them people that they have to follow. Right. I mean, that's only fair. We've got a follower. We can only drive so many hours a day. We can only do this. So why are we the only ones that have to follow? That's right. where they need to look at it. And when you get some of that change, that that's where things are going to get better. You know, because you take guys been out two weeks, three weeks, whatever running. You know, they wind up two of them days sitting someplace for 10 to 20 hours or whatever. they just not the big hole in their paycheck for that week.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they
1: have to, so they, so they have to stay out to be able to take care of the family. I mean, which I understand, I believe you me I've been in trucking my whole life. I was born in it, and probably died in one of these things. I don't know. But anyway, but, you know, you take guys that's trying to feed their families and stuff. I feel for them guys. And some of these companies out here take advantage of that. Right.
0: That's not right. Well for 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 example I I can testify to that firsthand is um I was last year I was pulling a lot of Tyson and they would ha- I would have four or five and six stops on the load it would take the first one, Aldi, Super Value, I'll call them out by name, Walmart, not too bad, but they would make, the Tyson always makes the appointments. They would make those appointments so doggone close together that all it would have to take is one of those drops to screw up and take me more than an hour or two to get unloaded. Like um, one of them took six hours to get me unloaded. That screwed up my whole damn week because the rest of the drops, I had two, drops a day. Well, I couldn't get the second one off because the first one took too long. Everything had to be rescheduled. And what would take three days ended up taking me five or six days to get unloaded.
1: And I bet you jumped for joy
0: on your paycheck that week, didn't you? Oh, yeah. When you could only get two loads in instead of three or four, you know? Exactly
1: right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they need to do that. There's a lot of things that me personally... Think that some of these companies should do to help drivers, especially, uh, for example, truck stop, okay? And I'll say them, love, PA, petrol, whatever, uh, <laughs> flying day. When these people put up in the fuel island and, and just get out of their truck and go take a shower, I blame them for that. Right. You know, that's ridiculous. Have a little bit of order. You know, I mean, well, there used to be more order than that back in the day. You know, I mean, come on. I, I mean I do, I blame them. That's why I don't like them places. I don't really care for them. If I had to get you, I gotta get you, of
0: course, you know. But Well that's that could be another whole that could be another whole show. So in this this next article, troopers say at least six killed in a fiery crash that shut down the interstate. Florida Highway Patrol says that six people lost their lives the afternoon of January 3rd in a fiery multi-vehicle crash. The crash happened on the afternoon of Thursday, so this last uh, last Thursday on I-75 at mile marker 393 near Gainesville, Florida. At least two semi-trucks and a van were involved in the collision that left several vehicles on fire on the southbound lanes of that interstate. Authorities have confirmed that six people died in that crash. Eight other people were transported to the hospital for treatment of injuries. Some of these injuries are considered to be critical. All lanes of the southbound 75 at mile marker 393 were shut down for the crash until about 5 o'clock that night. A single lane of northbound I-75 is open, and heavy traffic delays were being reported. My uh, condolences to the families. Uh, the names were not being released uh, due to uh, having to notify the next of kin but uh, we at here at the Truck and Cafe, and I'm sure you, I can, uh, on this note, I'm sure I could talk for you, Lee, that we do express our condolences to the families. Eight states launch real time semi truck parking availability. You see those blue signs going up and down the interstate? Available truck parking and what rest areas and what exit? Um, a group of Midwestern states are launching a new system to give truck drivers access to real-time information about truck parking availability. The new system is called Trucks Park Here and is designed to give truckers access to park and availability information through websites, newly ele- erected highway signs, and smartphone applications, just like uh, Truckers Path or something like that. Uh, The Trucks Park Here system will be available along major freight corridors in Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and Wisconsin. The Trucks Park Here system is set to become fully operational during the month of January, this month, 2019. And some states like Minnesota and Ohio are already providing truck drivers with real-time parking information. Indiana... With much of the freight moving through Indiana on our highways, providing real-time information to truckers on where to find safe parking at the end of their shift is one of the most effective ways we can preserve safety for all motorists instead of parking on the on-ramps, and I just threw that in there. Indiana DOT is proud to join seven other states in making interstate travel safer across the region, now if they just fix their damn interstate. The Trucks here system has been in development since 2016 and is funded in part through a $25 million federal transportation investment generating economy recovery or TIGER grant. The program developers say the new truck parking information system will generate over $403 million in benefits and will increase highway safety by cutting down on fatigue driving and reducing the number of truckers who are forced to park on highway ramps, like I just mentioned. So you could also take a look at the video that's going to be at the bottom of this article that's in the show notes. In other news, a car cuts off a semi loaded with a load of pipe which goes through the second truck that was following him. Texas authorities say that they issued issue citations after a two-semi truck crash that was caused by a car driver's careless maneuver. On Wednesday, the day after New Year's, January 2nd, near Perry, Texas, The crash is when it occurred. Authorities say that two semi-trucks were traveling northbound on Highway 6 when a passenger vehicle cut off one of the trucks, causing a truck driver to change lanes to avoid the collision. The two trucks collided, sending a load of pipe from one truck crashing through the cab of the one behind them. The second truck was reportedly dragged by the first truck as a result of the crash. Remarkably, both drivers walked away from the crash unharmed. Texas DOT says they're, of course, still investigating the crash. Did you hear about that crash in Texas? Because you run Texas quite a bit.
1: No, I didn't, but you know what I'm going to say about that?
0: (laughs) No, quit following too close. Quit tailgating and quit following too close
1: exactly running right on somebody probably running a 77 pound mile hour. got a truck in front of you right there he's right up Right up our claim instead
0: of getting away from it. Yep. And, and don't slow down. Well, I'm oh, on, I'm only I'm only covered at sixty-eight mile an hour, and you would not believe I had a PTI and I'm calling him out, out of Sykeston, Missouri. Driver, truck number two thirty, following me so damn close that he could read my seal numbers on the back of my trailer. And then he's gonna flip me off because I tell him do it again and I'll call in on your company, and he's going to flip me to bird? Really? Buddy, you didn't know who the hell you were tailgating. Yeah.
1: So, I had a person one time who squared right up there about in front of me and shot me with a About you pull in front of me, and you're flipping me off. Right. I got you, you know, right. What's wrong with you people? You know? so, right. Anyway. So, so but there it goes back to some of this. The newer generation. I'm not cutting down nobody. Don't get me wrong. But when you can't learn from older generations on how to do things, it's not going to be the same.
0: Well, they're not going to change because they think they know everything. They think they're out here three, four, and five years, and they know it all. You know, and I'm like, really? I had a a student
1: with me one time. He ran a stop sign. I said, hey, why'd you run that stop sign for? And this guy told me, well, I'm out of my zone. I said, what does that mean? He said, I ain't familiar with this area. I said, you do realize you're supposed to be signed up to drive a truck, right? Exactly. I'm I'm out of my zone. Yeah, right. stop sign. Right. You know, right, so... I carried him back and got rid of him. But anyway, you know, I mean, really, I mean, they're letting this stuff go. And I know the world is in a bad situation. The government has got a lot to
0: do with this too. No, we're not talking politics on this show, Lee. Hold the phone. We're not talking good, politics.
1: Yeah, Because I don't mess with it. But anyway... I
0: have my own opinion, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, and it can never be changed. Anyway, so Illinois, on to the next story. Illinois troopers going undercover to catch left lane drivers. They need to be doing this in the state of Missouri across 70, for all I care. Illinois State Police promised they'll be increasing patrols and aggressively enforcing left lane laws. The Illinois State Police say they'll be trying out a new tactic in 2019 using covert vehicles to help them catch drivers. Hell, he's doing that now! Who are violating state left lane laws. Trooper Tracy Lillard? Well, That's a hell of a name. One of the tactics we're going to use this year is to use covert vehicles that... Way we could do special details, the motoric public doesn't know which vehicles we're in, so we could radio into the squad cars up ahead to pull over those particular vehicles. Now, wait a minute, isn't that, um, what the heck do they call it, My, the term, the word escapes me all of a sudden, entrapment? Um, entrapment? Yeah, isn't that entrapment? ISP says the covert vehicles will be used to catch both commercial and passenger vehicle drivers who travel in the left lane of the interstate while they aren't either passing or moving over an emergency vehicle, which is a violation of the law. In other words, what I call a left lane Larry or Lucy, that is all they do is going to stay in the left lane. They're not going to move. They're not going to let you out. They're not going to go back over again. They're just going to ride that freaking left lane. And like I said, they should be doing that shit in Missouri across Interstate 70. It isn't quite clear what ISP means by covert vehicles. They participated in numerous troopers in the truck, during which troopers ride along in semi-trucks to try to catch unsuspecting drivers behaving badly, like inattentive driving and distracted driving. But ISP also says that they plan to aggressively enforce the Fatal Four violations in the new year. These violations include driving under the influence, speeding, distracted driving, and failure to wear a seat belt. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't go through Illinois, but you know, I gotta be on my P's and Q's. And our top story, you're gonna love this. Police mourn a donut truck that went up in flames. A Krispy Kreme truck, the donuts got awful crispy. A Kentucky Police Department, hilarious response to a Krispy Kreme truck donut truck fire has gone viral on social media. On the last day of 2018, a Krispy Kreme truck driver returning from making a delivery in Moreland, Kentucky, Tucky pulled off after noticing smoke in the cab. The fire was extinguished, and thankfully nobody was hurt. But the Krispy Kreme truck and the delicious donuts inside were a total loss, much to the dismay of the responding officers from the Lexington Police Department. Uh, the, they shared photos on Facebook of themselves posted in front of the burned truck in various anguished poses. But the kicker of it is, if you look real close, they're really grinning. Uh, Since Krispy Kreme tragedy appeared on Facebook on Monday, it's been shared nearly 75,000 times. Other law enforcement agencies have sent out messages of solidarity to the Lexington Police Department to cope them with the loss. Uh, Police officers from as far away as Ireland heard about the donut tragedy and offered up their condolences. Crispy um, Krispy Kreme also responded to the devastating Lexington Police Department, you know, that that more donuts are on the way. So, um, now, Lee, last week on my show, um, and I'm sure you got a chance to listen to it, didn't you, about coping with the loss of a loved one or a friend or a pet? Yes, I did. Um, yes, I did. Okay. And you mentioned to me that you went through something similar to that a while ago. Um, now, if you wouldn't mind, I hate to put you on the spot, but if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience, how do you handle that news of, of a loss of a loved one or a, a pet or a friend?
1: Well, I've been through it, through it about a quarter of five times, Then I've lost somebody real close to me being on the road, my mother, and daddy, and some other people that I was real close to. and actually a lot of people would tell you do this do that it'll help you whatever but if you're actually going it and you try and it don't help you time is one of the best things in the world for me i heard your deal last week and uh i'm gonna tell you it struck a nerve it struck a nerve it really did because i've been there you know and your mind works you know i mean it, it thinks about things but you know it, there's just no really good way to tell anybody to do it everybody kind of has to cope with it in their own ways you know that's that's just my part of it but uh, right i feel for anybody that has to go through this uh, that's been through it they know exactly what i'm talking about it's just I remember one night it was oh god well I probably in the early might have been late seventies maybe early eighties we're running down somewhere in the top four of us pretty close together we're talking on the radio and this one guy his wife left, and uh, this other guy had his wife in the truck and his wife was talking to this man and pepping him making him feel better you know and I thought you know that is all right for her to do that right. And we run down through there, I don't know how many miles. And the guy, I mean, you could hear him. He was crying or whatever. And she got on that radio. That's the determination that used to be out here years ago. She didn't know him. Right. Her husband was driving the truck, and we were running down there, you know, cutting up on the radio. Right they knew what we were doing. But I thought, you know, things like that, you can't buy stuff like that. You know? That's just the generosity of this person worried about another person.
0: Right. That, and, and, and the compassionate, you know, the compassion out here. And just, sh- sh- you know, being, understanding of somebody else's feelings and what they're going through, you know?
1: I mean, think about it. We all basically, we do, we do the same thing. Yep. You have to put up with stuff just like the next guy, the next guy. We all put up with the same stuff from, like I said, shipping receivers, companies, or whatever. I mean, if we would all ever get the respect back from each other and and things like that, then you got power. Okay? Right. That's when the truckers can do something. Till then, it ain't going to happen. Right. It ain't going to happen. But anyway, back on your subject, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I, Like I said, I, I mean, you just a nerve so deep it ain't even funny. I mean, my daddy taught me everything I know about trucks. I'll tell you a little story. I remember one time my daddy was a there get getting a truck and go, and he asked me, he said, I got to go up there to Kansas, pick up a load of hay. He said, i uh, kind of getting low, and I, I don't, of course, want to run out. You want to go? I said, sure. So we're going down the road. Now, I believe back in my day, Daddy always had big trucks. And back at that time, it was the big auto cars. I mean, he was in a Cadillac, you know. we going down there through there, he pulls over and said, Get over here. I thought he was going to let me practice my drive. So here I'm 15 years old. I get back there and start driving, and he goes, Wake me up. God stopped you. Jump right back there in that sleep. I'm going to tell you, here I'm with this big auto car, 15 years old, going down the road. you talking about on cloud. 400 million 555 right you know it was uh, unbelievable you know I was high as a kite on that so it was it was something else but daddy wouldn't have got back there if he knew I couldn't drive that truck he knew I could drive it. he taught me to drive truck we had an old 67 Chevrolet had no Detroit in it I mean a lot of you remember that where you had to put your foot on the floor and just throw it in gear right right and I'm trying to drive this thing. Now, I'm thinking about the way you're supposed to drive a, you know, a pickup or something, right? I'm easing along. No, 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 no. Give it some more. Come on. Give it some fuel. Let's go. You'll wind it up. And I sat there and played with him in it and everything. He said, I got it. This is what you do. Drive it like you try to tear my pickup up. I go, really? <laughs> so It all come together then, I drove it like I'm trying to tear it up. That's the way you drove them back in the day. That's the way you drove them. You had to keep them RPMs up. Ain't like it is today, but that's the way I learned to drive. So, pretty interesting stuff. So, like I said, I've been around trucks my whole life. I've owned trucks my whole life. I mean... Yeah, make an old man out of you. I know that. So anyway,
0: well, I greatly appreciate you joining me. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week to listen to the cafe. If you are new to the cafe and would like to check us out, at the bottom of the pod, uh, of every podcast episode on the website at Julia's Trucket Cafe. There are links that I have listed on where you could find me like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, and many more. Please like us on Facebook, and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck Cafe Regulars. I share recipes on our page, videos, and much more. Also, it would be great if you could subscribe to our email list, and I'll send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way, you don't have to come back to the website, which I'm glad that you do, but to view the articles that I reference in every show. And in the future, I'll be having new things coming out. So if you're on the email list, you'll have a priority in getting those new things into your in-mail box. Before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. Also, if you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. My email is on the contact page on the website. And before I forget... On the shows page of our website, I have also there. You'll see an arrow to the right. I have archived because we are going into our second year of our podcast. Wow, a year is already gone by on me doing this podcast every week. So I want to go ahead and let everybody, all my listeners know, let everybody know that um, you'll follow the arrow and it'll say archives. that will be another arrow that'll go to 2018 and you could see all of the shows from last year of 2018. Also, it's in audio only. So the most current episode will only have the details of what the show is but if you want to see the details of any other episode just click on the title of each episode and that will expand to show all of the details of that episode and for me and lee keep the shiny side up and please stay safe out there yeah we got a little She's a beautiful sign